now time for History Matters. We are joined in the studio by Scott Washington, historian extraordinaire, to catch us up on This Week in History. Good morning. How are good you? Good morning, Aaron. Well, it's a good day and happy June. Happy June. Uh, that's right. This is uh, LGBT month, which is great, and uh, we want to celebrate that. We want to celebrate all the people in terms of when we look at the issues of uh, uh, civil rights, uh, have really uh, actually made incredible strides to, for us all. And we are standing always on the shoulders of those who came before us. And we are the legacy that looks to the future uh, to do the same thing. And the reason that I bring this up is because of, of a couple things. One's a kind of a, a humorous thing uh, that happened in 1809. Well, it's humorous to me, but maybe it's <laughs> 47 <laughs> people died of that day. No, 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 but they did something wacky back in the turn of the 19th century. They had like walking contests. And I mean, they right. had like, like walking dares. And so this one fellow, uh, Captain Allardyce Barkley of Scotland, began a thousand mile walk in 1809. But here was the catch. Uh, he could only walk for a mile each and every hour for a thousand hours. Hours, okay. And um, he finished on July 12th, uh, but, and he won a thousand guineas. So it was a good, but can you imagine you just walk for a mile and that's it? You'd have to, you know, how you kept going for day after day without long sleep. That is really impressive. Like a thousand consecutive hours? Yes, a oh. thousand consecutive hours. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think that was possible. Uh, that, well, it, he, he started this whole trend, and everybody got excited about these kind of dares. Like, sounds like a David Blaine kind of stunt, <laughs> right? Like, that's right. I'm going to stay awake for a thousand a straight hours. Accent. But, you know, I, I'm saying this only because uh, the, some of the things that have, uh, have occurred over time have taken time. Uh, and that's okay. Like this week is a big week because in 1919, on June 4th, um, the U.S. Congress, the Senate and the House, House uh, approved the 19th Amendment to the United States Constitution, yep. which of course guarantees uh, women the right to vote. Now, it had to go to the states for ratification. Uh, that would take another year, and it would take until... August 26, when it was finally certified in 1920, and that became part of the U.S. Constitution. But it wasn't overnight, and it took, as we've talked about many times, uh, decades of women you know, absolutely being on the front lines and saying, and men too, saying, this needs to change. Yeah. And took a long time, and uh, took I'm, a long time, and decades of progress as well, because that's yes. the because that's the U.S. constitutional amendment. Individual yes. states had already made the move earlier. This is the first time it became right. federal law. Yeah, and, and lots of milestones along the way. Too. Oh yeah, and uh, this is a, a great week too when we recognize a couple of uh, anniversaries of things being built, and one of them is the Lincoln Memorial was dedicated on uh, May 30th, 1922. It, the, the, the actual building began in 1914. Mm -hmm. And actually, Robert Todd Lincoln, who was uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln's eldest son, is actually there at the dedication, which is kind of remarkable. And then, of course, another one that comes up this week is June 2nd, 1935, is when Duke Chapel was formally dedicated. Yep. The building began in 1930. They actually used it for commencement 
uh, activities in 1932, even though it was unfinished, but it's 1935. So some things, good things take time. It must have been such a sad commencement ceremony, like just (laughs) scaffolding falling down, worker up there with a jackhammer, like, con, con, con. Hey, anybody who's gone to Duke Chapel over the years when (laughs) the ceiling was like that can certainly uh, empathize with with, uh, the way. But, of course, the big thing about uh, Duke Chapel is is as much um, what happens... Uh, in terms of who builds it. And I think that's the really interesting uh, aspect of this. Julian uh, Abel uh, was a prominent African-American mm. uh, in Philadelphia, a graduate of the University of Pennsylvania's architecture department, in fact, the first black uh, who graduated in 1902. And he ends up designing most of Duke's West Campus, including uh, Duke Chapel, uh, even though Jim Crow laws prevented him from rooming anywhere. He still designed much of what we see, uh, including um, uh, the prominent buildings like the Allen Administrative Building and mm. Cameron Indoor Stadium. Interesting. Which is really something. It's like this is... Which is a much less gothic building than the rest yes. of Duke Campus. Like, think about Duke Campus, like West Campus, like gothic building, gothic building, Duke Chapel, obviously, right. and then Cameron Indoor Stadium, which is... Just Cameron Indoor Stadium, basically. That's right. Yeah. And, and he was doing that from really for 30 years, from 1924 to 1954, which is, you know, just an astonishing legacy to think here is this prominent African-American uh, uh, designer who is designing a campus of a major university. So uh, kudos nice. to these people who, who, you know, continued to do things. And uh, no matter what, even despite the, the dark days of... Uh, Speaking with uh, Scott Washington, History of Matters, we got time for two more. We okay. Uh, well, here's one that we haven't heard a lot about, Dorothy West. Now, at one time, she was probably more well-known. Uh, she's an African-American novelist uh, associated with the Harlem Renaissance, born in uh, June 2nd, 1907, lives to 1998. And uh, she lived for many years on Martha's Vineyard, wrote there, and then uh, wrote a book, uh, The Wedding, that was picked up by Oprah Winfrey, uh, and when she was at, this was at the age of 85, so you're never too old to do something new. And um, uh, one of the things that she said, well, what would you like to be remembered? She said, that I hung in there, that I didn't say I can't. Now, that's a great thing. And I've got one more thing about this. That's not quite in the same league, but um, it's about what happens. Uh, a fellow named Sylvan Goodman, uh, who on uh, June Oh, I think it was uh, June 2nd. Um, He actually starts, uh, no, I'm sorry, it was June 4th, 1937. He introduces what we know Mm. as the grocery cart because the small grocery stores, the local grocery store and the shop were being replaced by larger uh, stores, just like we go to grocery stores today. Well, they didn't exist back in the late 1930s. He's one of the first people to do this. Uh, with a Piggly Wiggly store, but he realizes people only carry out what they can carry in their bags, and they have more stuff there. So uh, he designs this simple thing, which is like a, 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 a portable um, chair with a couple of carts, just like the little the ones you see, the short ones with a top basket and the lower basket. Yep. It takes to the uh, next uh, uh, few years after that, that a fellow in um, 
uh, named Orly Wilson, Watson, I'm sorry, Orla Watson, who was born on June 3rd, 1896. These are great names. Are they? I really, they're really interesting. (laughs) Um, And he lives to 1983. And he is the guy who uh, invents the, really what we think of the modern grocery cart with Mm. the collapsible lower portion that telescopes in that everyone can use would not be necessary without the refrigerator like that's the right. that's the thing that enables people to stock their exactly. homes full of enough food that you would need a shopping cart exactly. for one invention <laughs> begets another that's it or we might say one problem leads to the solution yes. that leads to another creates yeah. a new problem exactly yep. so things take time good things take time great things sometimes happen all at once uh, but we stand in their shadows and the future is looking to us to be that legacy that says, okay, what can we do to make uh, tomorrow better? And that is how history matters. Scott Washington, as always, thank you so much. Thank you very much.